You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to renewedheartministries.com and click donate. And in the context of our reading this week, I'm sure the original intended audience for our reading felt something very similar. And in those most anxious moments, the author of the Gospel of Mark admonishes their listeners not to give up hope, not to to let go. Welcome to episode 498. My name is Herb Montgomery, and the title this week is Advent and the refusal to lose hope. Our reading is from the Gospel of Mark, Mark chapter 13, 24 through 37. It reads, But in those days, following that distress, the sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, the stars will fall from the sky, and the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, people will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And he will send his angels and gather his elect from the four winds and from the ends of the earth to the ends of the heavens. Now learn this lesson from the fig tree. As soon as its twigs get tender and its leaves come out, you know that summer is near. Even so, when you see these things happening, you know that it is near, right at the door. Truly I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all these things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, be alert, but you do not know when the time will come. It's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Therefore, keep watch because you do not know when the owner of the house will come back, whether in the evening, or at midday, or when the rooster crows, or at dawn. If he comes suddenly, do not let him find you sleeping. What I say to you, I say to everyone, watch. So Advent, it uh, begins a new year in the lectionary, and Advent is the first season of the Christian church's calendar year. It comes just before Christmas, and the word Advent, remember, it means arrival, and considering Christianity's claims for what has uh, already arrived alongside what Christians still look forward to arriving in the future, uh, I want to try to consider those this week in a life-giving way to help shape our focus as Jesus followers and, and, uh, and renew our commitments, especially as this year, a new year is beginning um, and, and 2023 is closing. Renew our commitments to that focus of following Jesus in love and compassion and justice as uh, this next year begins. So first, let's consider the imagery that's used in this week's reading. There is a lot here to unpack, but it's really simple once you understand the context. Early Jewish Jesus followers, they would have been very familiar with this language because it appeared repeatedly in the Jewish apocalyptic scriptures. In Daniel 7, 
13 through 14, it says, In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence, and he was given authority, glory, sovereign people, sorry, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples in every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. This is a passage of both liberation and and uh, renewal. In Isaiah 13.10, it says, The stars of the heaven and their constellations will not show their light. The rising sun will be darkened and the moon will not give its light. In Ezekiel 32.7, it says, I will cover the heavens and darken their stars. I will cover the sun with a cloud and the moon will not give its light. In Joel 2, verse 10, it says, Before them the earth shakes, the heavens tremble, the sun and moon are darkened, and the stars no longer shine. In Joel 2, 31, it says, The sun will be turned to darkness, and the moon to blood, before the coming and great and dreadful day of the Lord. So again, this language, it would have been familiar to them, and if this is in the context of, uh, when we look at the date in which the Gospel of Mark was written, if this was in the context of the events either leading up to the destruction of Jerusalem, or shortly after, either one, um, they would have felt like the stars had fallen from the sky. The the, the sun had you know been gone dark. The moon had turned to to blood. Jerusalem uh, was no more, or it was about to be no more. The the things that were happening in the world around them would uh, this would have been a room um, an attempt to try and help them. Uh, attach them, attach those events and the stress of those events to familiar imagery as a way for them to to navigate a way through it. And remember, the community these scriptures w- were written for, uh, they were not only trying to make sense of of the crucifixion of Jesus, but they were trying to absorb their world being turned upside down with the destruction of Jerusalem and the temple and Early Christians, they appropriated this imagery that we just read from the Jewish apocalyptic scriptures. They they appropriated that imagery and repurposed it for their own use in their own time. In Acts 2.19, we read, I will show wonders in the heavens above, signs on the earth below, blood and fire, billows of smoke. The sun will be turned to darkness, the moon to blood before the coming of the great and glorious day of the Lord. And you can cross-reference this passage with Revelation 6.12 and Revelation 8.12. In none of these Christian passages, though, does any do any of the text. They never read as Jesus said or as Jesus told us. They're not referencing the words of Jesus here in the later New Testament. Each is a reference that directly relies on the Hebrew Scriptures just as much as as the Gospel authors did. And next in this week's reading, on top of this imagery, we encounter the imagery of the fig tree once again to represent the changes that the Jesus community was witnessing and being impacted by. These uh, world changes, they were to be interpreted according to this passage as buds on a fig tree, signs that the political, economic, religious, and social seasons around them were changing. And the Jesus community had just witnessed 
the stressful events leading up to uh, the destruction of Jerusalem. And in the wake of, of those tragic events, they were living in the aftermath of that. And their whole world, again, was either in the process of being turned upside down or it had it just been turned upside down. And it's in this context that I believe uh, the Gospel of Mark's author in Mark 13 that we're reading this week encourages their fellow Jesus community to be on the watch, to be alert, to be ready for what comes next, and to hope that what would come next would be the return of their Jesus. Think about this passage from later from Paul, well, actually earlier from Paul. It was written before the Gospel of Mark in 1 Thessalonians 5, 1 through 11. It says, Now, brothers and sisters, about the times and dates we do not need to write to you, for you know very well that the day of the Lord will come like a thief in the night. While people are, people are saying peace and safety, destruction will come on them suddenly as labor pains on a pregnant woman, and they will not escape. But you, brothers and sisters, are not in darkness, so that this day should surprise you like a thief. You are all children of the light and children of the day. We do not belong to the night or the darkness. So then, let us not be like others who are asleep but let us be awake and sober. For those who sleep, sleep at night, and those who get drunk, get drunk at night. But since we belong to the day, let us be sober, putting on faith and love as a breastplate and the hope of salvation as a helmet. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that, whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. It's helpful to remember that our reading this week, it was possibly written as far as two decades after Paul's letter here to the Thessalonians. A lot had happened in this region of the world between the era of Jesus's ministry and, and then. The area looked very different during the late 60s and early 70s CE than it did during the late 20s and early 30s. And, and it was, it's important to, 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 it was important to encourage Jesus followers just to hang in there, to not lose hope, to keep following the teachings of Jesus as the world around them was changing and they looked for the advent of God's just future to arrive any time now. And there are also portions in Mark, remember, where Jesus announces not that God's just future is coming still, but even that God's just future had already arrived. In the very first chapter of Mark, we read in the same uh, gospel that our reading is in this week, the very first chapter of Mark 1.15, it says, The time has come, Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come. Repent and believe the good news. But again, that was in the late 20s, early 30s. If Mark was written around the destruction of Jerusalem in, in, seven, in the 70s, it would have been a hard and maybe even impossible sell to say God's just future had arrived while they're looking at what's going on around them. The Jesus community of that era could much more easily attach their hopes on the future. 
than to the tensions and tragedies that were happening before their eyes. So, so what implications might this forward look of hope, what might that offer us today? Well, it's, it's just exactly that. The future can contain hope, no matter how dark the present looks, if we choose for it to. Here in the U.S., many are, are struggling right now, feeling squeezed economically. Even within our economy, having narrowly escaped an impending recession just three years ago, things are still tough now. Political circuses continue every day on the news, and that inflicts a level of stress to varying degrees on, on, on all parts of our population. Globally, we continually witness the, the violence of war and the killing of innocent lives. Ecologically, some say we've reached the point of no return when it comes to global capitalist growth and extraction, and which, again, these are the means through which we have rapidly taxed our planet's resources to the breaking point. And some say that it's, it's, it sets us on a course of, of making our planet now uninhabitable um, uh, in the near future. It's no wonder that we have a generation um, that, that now lives with deeply concerning levels of anxiety or feelings of helplessness. And in the context of our reading this week, I'm sure the original intended audience for our reading felt something very similar in response to the challenges of their time and their place. And in those most anxious moments, the author of the Gospel of Mark admonishes their listeners not to give up hope, not to, to let go, to just to keep holding on, to keep watching, keep awake. The Gospel taught them to follow uh, the ethics, the values, the life-giving teachings of, of Jesus in their Jesus stories. Stay woke is what he's saying. Stay awake. To keep choosing to, to love one's neighbor, to set in motion, as, as difficult as it may be in the context of stress, it's easy to do in times of peace, but in times of stress, to keep practicing the golden rule, believing that it still has the power to change the world. To keep pursuing nonviolence as the means of that change. To keep choosing to stay committed to taking care of each other in community rather than falling into the, the ever-present pervasive lies all around us uh, that push us towards self-sufficiency and independent self-reliance. This is what our reading is whispering to us this week. When the words of our reading this week were written, the world looked like ours, pretty hopeless. This week's reading, it's a reminder to me, uh, as Kaba often says, hope is and always has been a discipline. The arc of the, our universe, it, 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 still, it can still bend towards justice if we choose. And yes, there are other forces at work for sure, but this Advent, this year during Advent, I'm choosing to renew my efforts and not give up. This Advent, I'm renewing my belief that the Advent of a just, safe, compassionate world for all of us 
is still possible. And I'm choosing to continue to believe that the future is not fixed, but still open. And I'm choosing to keep believing that though I don't know all that our future holds, I do know that we can face those challenges, whatever they are, we can face those challenges better together than on our own, in more life-giving ways together than we can on our own. Our group application this week Share something that spoke to you from this week's Eastside or podcast episode with your heart group. Number two, in what ways are you choosing to keep holding on to hope this season? Share and discuss that with your group. And then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you again to all of our supporters out there. Yesterday was Giving Tuesday. Such a, well, right now when I'm recording it, yesterday was Giving Tuesday. Uh, I want to thank everyone who, who generously gave to support our work. If you would like to join them in, in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries work, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. We have a lot of thank you offers right now at the end of the year. All donations throughout the rest of 2023 are being matched. We have some free book giveaways. If, we, if you sign up to be a monthly um, ongoing supporting partner, then uh, we have a special gift, thank you gift for you there as well. You can find Renewed Heart Ministries on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on, on whatever your chosen social media platforms are for our daily posts. And also, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, whatever podcast platform you're listening to it on, take a moment this week and leave us a positive review. This helps us and helps others find this podcast as well. Remember, you can watch our new YouTube show called Just Talking Each Week, where Todd Leonard and I take a moment to talk about the, the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We talk about those readings in the context of love, justice, inclusion, societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just, but that also you'll be inspired to do more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, check it out. You might like it. You can find it again at at or youtube.com at Herb and Todd just talking. Once you get there, please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment. If you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. And remember my new book, Finding Jesus, a story of a fundamentalist preacher who unexpectedly discovered the social, political, and economic teachings of the gospel is now available at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. Happy Advent, and I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.